Good morning and welcome to our Monday Chapel. Please join me in the first portion of the Office of Prime that you will find beginning on page 108 in the front part of your hymn book. Page 108. Page 108 in the front portion of the hymn book. And we join in the first prayers there in the office of prime. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, I have sinned against you through my own fault in thought, word, and deed, for the sake of the suffering, death, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. Have mercy on me, forgive me all my sin, and bring me to everlasting life. Amen.
scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, the sixth chapter, beginning with verse 32. If you love those who love you, Jesus said, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful." These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. When NFL owners are working with um, players that they have under contract, they often try to find ways to strongly encourage them to get involved in community activities in hopes of showing um, some acts of kindness toward the community, maybe sending him out to hospitals, maybe a children's ward at a hospital, a soup kitchen. During the Thanksgiving season, we often see this at some of the football players that are out doing various things. And it's very nice, and, and I don't mean to question the motives of many of them. But quite often, there's a, a camera crew that, grows, that goes along, and quite often, there's a, uh, um, there's a great opportunity, you might say, for some attention and a spotlight to be shown on this, not only for the players, but ultimately for the owners as well. And then there are those who show mercy purely for the sake of mercy with no fanfare. One of my favorite NFL players is a man by the name of Warwick Dunn. He was raised by a single mom. When he was 18 years old, his mother, who was a police officer, was killed in the line of duty. And he ended up having to raise his siblings. And he was very known for his devout Christian faith. And later on, he went back to meet the man who was convicted of murdering his mother in order to see him face to face and express the forgiveness from his heart and also the forgiveness of God through Christ. And without any fanfare, nobody knew about this until years later when this convict talked about it. Uh, Likewise, he would go into different communities uh, that were uh, impoverished, and he would provide houses for single mothers who needed care and help. And it took a few years for people to find out about this, what was going on, because there was really no benefit back to him for doing it at all. Now, when we think about those two different acts of kindness, we recognize there is a distinction. There's a different level or something uh, to this second one that we see. Jesus says to us, be merciful. The definition of being merciful, mercy, is this. Mercy is the kind of love that is provoked by the need and misery of someone who cannot help you in any way. That's what mercy really is by definition. Now, like Jesus points out to us here, it's very easy for us to love and show love to people who either have done something for us or that can do something for us or where we're going to get something out of it. Um, I'll take care of you, you take care of me. There's sort of a reciprocity that comes from that. 
And we can often analyze situations where we maybe could do something kind for somebody, but have in the back of our mind the thought, well, what am I going to get out of this? There has to be some benefit back to me if I'm going to do a certain act of generosity or whatever. But Jesus takes this concept of love to a much, much higher level. And he's describing it as one that comes ultimately from heaven. And he's basically saying to us, turn your love toward those who hate you. Turn your love toward those people who can't do a single thing to help you. Turn your love to people who cannot in any way benefit you for any acts of kindness. And now you're starting to get a little glimpse of how my heavenly Father is toward people in this world. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about that when you do acts of kindness, your right hand should not know what your left hand is doing. And he's simply trying to imply there that that you're not doing it for any type of attention and praise. And um, that, that even in your own body, <laughs> in a sense, you wouldn't know the distinction between what your right hand and left hand are doing. When the Bible describes us as being enemies of God in our natural state, I think sometimes it's easy for myself to underestimate exactly what that means. And what I would still be today in God's eyes were it not for his continuous mercy toward me. Listen to how God describes the world when he's not involved in a spiritual sense through the work of Christ. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that the intentions of his heart was only evil continually. And so there was no benefit to God to help us. It would not somehow benefit him to help us and to rescue us and to save us. And yet he did. That's what he's done for each one of us. And still, even now, not a, not a minute of my life goes by without some type of sinful, at least, thought or word or action that comes out of me, even now as a rescued child of God, still showing that there's in my sinful nature this animosity against God. And yet, what does Scripture tell us? His mercies are new every morning. Every morning that we get up, all the sins of yesterday and last night, all the garbage running through our minds, because of the blood of Christ, has been washed clean. Every morning, every morning that we get up. Think about it, that God knows the absolute worst about you. He knows you at your worst moment in your life. And he gains absolutely nothing by rescuing you. There's nothing that you can give him that he doesn't already have and possess. But he still loves you. He still wanted you to be his child still put his water on your head and named you in his triune name. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil, Jesus says. Therefore, be merciful just as your father also is merciful. Dr. C.F.W. Walther said this, The believer must admit that God accepted him out of pure and free grace for Christ's sake and made him his child. Being a Christian can never be separated from being merciful. Whatever other characteristics are found in the Christian, they are invalid if he lacks mercy. A few years ago, we had a, a man who worked, a Christian missionary that worked among a lot of Muslims who came to speak on our campus. And uh, he said that the thing that drew most people of the Islamic faith toward Christianity when they converted 
was this deep love that Christ demonstrates and teaches to his church. This deep level of love, to even love your enemies, to pray for your enemies as Jesus did while he was being crucified. God's mercy is not merely a feeling that he had inside of himself toward us, but it was, it was that feeling, in a sense, that drove and motivated the action to send his son into the world to pay for all of your sins. It's that that mercy and kindness in his heart that drove him to cause his son to come and live the perfect holy life record out in reality so that you could have that and possess that by faith as you go to heaven. Now Jesus is saying that this teaching is not simply a rule for us to follow as Christians, but it's a description of how God sees his church in the world when they possess this faith in Christ. God's mercy touches our hearts and it moves us to a deeper love even even when God hasn't mentioned a thing about it yet. We think of the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, once he learns and hears the beautiful gospel and that Christ has come for him and what that means for him, he immediately desires to show mercy to those whom he has harmed. It's kind of like an old house that suddenly gets new occupants who move in and they transform the whole building, the whole, the whole layout of the home and repaint it and put in a new, new yard and everything else. When the Holy Spirit moves into the heart of a sinful person like us and causes us to realize how merciful God has been to us and that we're now going to get to go to heaven, it has a transforming power to also bring out that same wonderful mercy that's going to take us to heaven in our lives toward other people. Amen. Please rise and join in the responsory on page 108. O Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy upon us. O Lord Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy upon us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. O Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy upon us. Arise, O Christ, and help us, and deliver us for your name's sake. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, bright sun of the world, shine upon my spirit and drive away the night of sin, that I may walk in your holy light all my life and even forevermore. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful people and kindle in them the fire of your love. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you 
and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful people and kindle in them the fire of your love. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord Almighty, order this day and all our doings in his peace. Amen. trials your pathway shall lie my grace all sufficient shall be your supply the flame shall not hurt you my only design your dross to consume and your gold to refine.